Good afternoon. It's time yet again for another episode of Never Punt, Comma, Never Parlay. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and I have alongside me my colleague, my friend, Douglas Farmer. Douglas, as your as your handle uh, so so aptly says, T minus four days until the Myrtle Beach Bowl. We are we are here. It is bowl season, and I uh, I could not be more excited to watch some terrible daytime football uh, the next couple of weeks. You know, it's been a few years in a row that. By complete coincidence, I have like a college friend in town for the first Saturday of bowl season, or I'm visiting a college friend the first Saturday of bowl season. And it's the perfect type of football where I'm watching, but I'm not totally too like I can I can be a little more casual about it. And that's what I have going this weekend. What do we have? Five games on Saturday. We discussed those last week. We're not circling back on them. We discussed them last week. If if I pull that up real quick, we even have plays on, let's see, Georgia Southern. At three and a half, right out of the gates in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I think that's a my play. That no, that's a you play. You've got Georgia Southern three yeah. and a half right away on Saturday. But we are we're not discussing those ones today. We're discussing our next wave of ten, uh, moving forward through bowl season. But Parker, before we get to those, I wanted to ask. I'm glad to see you show up today. How was Army Navy? Um, Army Navy was awesome. It was basically everything that was promised and more. We went and. Um, you know, got to got to go have some good food, hang out with some friends on on Friday night. Got into town very easily. Went to Trillium Brewing in Boston as a uh, uh, recommendation from uh, from some folks, and and met some people who were going to the game. Talked to them; they were super cool. Honestly, weirdly enough, Boston had like a college town atmosphere, just because so many people like on my flight and at the bars were were all going to Army Navy. So that was a lot of fun. The only downside of the weekend, I think, because it was it was a ton of fun. The overhit, which is always fun on the last minute safety, just it, it, absolutely crazy. It, it, well, it the closing over, the closing total hit, hit the over on the closing total. Uh, Army Army minus two and a half was never really in doubt. I mean, maybe it could have scored there, but you just knew it wasn't going to happen. And um, I, I think the only thing that was kind of a pain is I don't know if you've ever been to Foxborough to Gillette Stadium. But no, but a, I I do know uh, one of my favorite little tidbits is in the United States there are only six metroplexes with all five major sports teams within reach of the public transit system. Boston does not because Foxborough is so stinking far away. It's so far away, and they have a train, but they don't just run it on game day. You have to like buy it in advance, so that was sold out. So we're in an Uber for an hour, and then sitting in traffic for twenty minutes. We're like, dude, stadium's two miles away. Let's just freaking walk. Let's get out. Let's. And so we got out and walked to the stadium and like, it was cool once we got there, but getting in, getting out, it was like one, you know, one street to get down there, absolute pain in the behind. So other than that, great. Uh, the paratroopers pregame were so fun. We sat next to some old army guys who got drunk and yelled about football. It was everything, uh, everything you could have asked for. So absolutely great experience. Highly recommend it. Do hope to be there next year. It's in uh, Washington, DC next year, I believe. Depending which stadium could be just as bad to get to the game, but that's looking too far ahead. That's, that's looking a future too Parker, far ahead. future Parker problem. But uh, the, the the news pertinent for the show: Army minus two and a half cash. Give me another little uh, W in the in the win column there. Which we'd was, love uh, to see it. You want always, another W? Always love to see it. You want another W Please. in your little win column? Going into this update, we were tied two two on beer bets, but I finally got to looking at the playoff field, and because Alabama beat Georgia. You win the playoff field beer bet. Uh, you got both Bama and Texas into the playoff at plus money, losing out on Clemson, and I'm momentarily blanking on who your fourth Penn, team was. I think I took Penn State Penn for State. the value. Yeah. Yes, and I got Michigan in, but I lost on Clemson, LSU, and Georgia. Uh, if Georgia had just beaten Alabama, I could have won this, but as is, you take a 3-2 lead on beer bets. And I don't want to say we're done because we might find one in bowl season, but I suspect you might – you might get this rare win in the show. 
I have no incentive to make a beer bet now. You're gonna have to give me like you're gonna have to give me some juice to uh, to incentivize me to make one. You're just gonna park the bus. Good grief! But people I work with, I tell you, folks, if anybody wants to be a more genuine podcast host, let me know. I'm certain we'll get one in there. Okay, wait. So let's do all that. So I got I got Louisiana Tech finished above UTEP. I got uh, playoff field as number three. I missed on. Toledo being hate and ass because they were kind of murderous yep. and they they blew that totally. And you put too much faith in Grant Wells to not throw two interceptions early. Oh, in the but because that one's such bush league because they benched him and then they brought him back in and he threw an interception. That's I so do not dumb. remember your third win off the top of my head. Uh, no, we... that was that was three playoff playoff UTEP and um. Oh, I just said it out loud. I don't remember. A, a piece I was of about something. A piece of behind the show notes here. We have thorough spreadsheets for everything we do, except the beer bites. We have no actual ledger. <laughs> we, don't, we don't plan those. Those just kind of happen. So, oh man, yeah. But uh, but we do have Douglas some um, some real games to talk about. So we're gonna cruise through like we did last week and just get through a couple of these games. Obviously, want to want to say again for bowl season, it's an information game. These games aren't happening for a little bit. Don't walk yourself into anything uh, too big here, and make sure you watch lines, make sure you shop, uh, and make sure you keep up with who's who's in, who's out, trackers and coaches and uh, starters and transfer portal and all of that as well, because that's going to matter a whole lot in bowl. And season. our our first game, uh, the Birmingham Bowl, is a very ripe example of that because you've got Troy and Duke, and Duke is down. Maybe everybody. I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but obviously Mike Elko's at Texas A&M. Riley Leonard today committed to Notre Dame. They're missing multiple stud, like really, really good defensive linemen. They're missing two running backs. Duke is without most of its team, to to speak bluntly. Whereas Troy, I know John Summerall is off to Tulane, but their defensive coordinators got the interim job, and I think Troy is pretty much intact. Especially given um, you know how much Troy kind of relies on defense to muck things up. Their offense, 74th in EPA per play. Their defense, 45th. Uh, on the other hand, Duke was 34th on offense, 19th on defense. So some big losses there. I, I think that there's an edge here with Troy a little bit. My, my full season numbers do favor Duke, but obviously we're not looking at a full strength team here um, for a couple of reasons. One, Duke's defense, 23rd in EPA per pass compared to uh, 55th in EPA per pass for Troy on offense. And uh, and secondly, um, this, this Troy... Uh, for uh, early downs, they, they're 51st in early downs, EPA per play, uh, just not not super great in the open field. But again, we're looking at these these full seed numbers, not not the recent right. spot and the recent uh, motivation. So, Douglas, you've got a you've got a play here, though. I do have a play here. And I think back to let's just broadly say November. We saw how much Duke struggled without uh, Riley Leonard and Grayson Loftus. Now, Grayson Loftus should be back. But the difference in their offense was distinct without Riley Leonard. And the item that I think is going to be underappreciated in the market is losing defensive linemen like RJ Oban. And I struggle with Peebles' first name, so I'm, I apologize for not having prepped that ahead of time. Losing three pieces of the front seven on a Duke team that was so driven by its defensive line did not get the headlines and appreciation it deserved. That's going to really stand out. And that's why I am taking Troy by an even touchdown. I'm paying a little bit of juice at Bet Rivers, Sugar House. They're the same book. 
paying a little bit of juice at neg 116 to get that in without a hook. But I am happy to do that because obviously seven, seven and a half is a massive difference in football. I am I am fading Duke's defense for a change. And that is the piece of this that I do not think the market appropriately factors in. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Definitely drove uh, drove Duke. Also, both teams with uh, about even or positive rush rate over expected. So you'll see a lot of clock movement here. The defense will matter who can sustain drives. Um, and uh, and I think I think I like this Troy pick. There is certainly a, a differential of motivation. Uh, again, this was we talked about this a little bit last week. I wanted this to be full strength Georgia Tech and Troy, but they did a switcheroo on us and uh, just all over the place. But it I... should be a uh, good one all the same. I want to let you off the hook. Remember last week you were uh, confused might be a strong word, but you weren't sure why there was that switcheroo. I have two bowl pools that I partake in every year where they do everything manually. And both of them had to send out their entry sheets a second time correcting these games. So it was not only you Parker Fleming who was confounded by the ACC selection process. It was most people. One game that does not have any ACC confusion because it is the Sun Belt and the MAC is Arkansas State, Northern Illinois, and the Camellia Bowl, same time on December 23rd. And neither of us has a play here. Arkansas State is currently a one-point favorite. I'm intrigued by the lack of receivers for Northern Illinois, which could turn this game on its head and does prompt an Arkansas State lean from me. This is where we say it's an information game. If departures, transfer portal, uh, opt-outs, whatever they may be, whatever they may be, if those are widespread, it's one thing. If they're concentrated on one position, that changes an entire side of the ball. Yeah, definitely does. And strength of schedule varies pretty substantially here. The last five as well. Arkansas State sneakily pretty decent uh, with a, with a wins against Louisiana and Texas State. They also have a win against ULM, but who wouldn't beat ULM there? Um, and, uh, and a, a much better finish to the season for Arkansas state than, than a start of the season. Obviously they got, you know, blown to the moon by, uh, by Oklahoma and Memphis back to back there, but rebounded really, really nicely to go. I believe, what is this? Um, six and four over the last, uh, over the last 10, uh, with only losses really to, you know, Troy, uh, Troy, Carol, coast Carolina, South Alabama and Marshall teams that were, were better than them. They did beat some teams that, that maybe they shouldn't have. So kind of a nice, uh, a nice rebound for Arkansas state in their schedule there. Um, this one, I do have a lean towards Arkansas state, just on the numbers. These are not too, uh, too, too not great teams overall. Um, particularly, you know, the big thing that stands out Northern LA's defense has been good against the pass, but they're 90th in EPA per rush, Arkansas state, 126th in EPA per rush on offense. So can the red wolves rush at all? They're 85th in rush rate over expected. So they are trying to move the ball on the ground. They can, they take advantage of a Mac game. I will say again, historically Mac teams have been very bad against the spread in bowl games, which also adds to that. You get the opt-outs, you get the rushing defense of NIU, uh, maybe a lean towards Arkansas state here, but no action from me. We've really uh, maybe this quickly talked me into a very true Arkansas State lean. I was already leaning there. You're going that way. And you focused on Northern Illinois' rush defense. I also want to point out its rush offense is kind of shoddy. And if they have a dearth of receivers, I assume they're going to have to lean into the ground game. They already like to run the ball, but they don't do it well at all. Their offensive success rate is just above 40% on rushes. I I am going to refrain from making an official show play, but I am very intrigued by Arkansas State at effectively a pick'em. Yeah, not uh, not awful um, at all. Shout out to uh, they got they kind of sacrificed uh, JT Shroud, the Colorado State, uh, or excuse me, the Colorado transfer. 
uh, and uh, in favor of Rayner, who's played really, really nicely down the stretch at quarterback. Um, yeah, maybe that's uh, maybe that's as simple. Maybe we don't have to overcomplicate it. Maybe it's as simple as Arkansas State's a little hotter at the end, and uh, and Northern Illinois has some opt outs. Maybe that's how you go for the Red Wolves there. And you'd like to think they're playing closer to home in Montgomery. I there's there's a lot to think about there. It's it's still nearly two weeks out. So and again, this is keep an eye on the line, folks. And if you start to see it rise to three, then fire. But otherwise, you can wait a little bit and and make sure no nothing drastic changes. That's that's I'm gonna have to keep thinking about that one. One that we're not thinking about, Parker. One that we are doing. Uh, it's always great to see you pop into the chat uh, after me or vice versa with a, a pick that was we're both on. And there we are, the Armed Forces Bowl. James Madison, it was a great season. We're happy you're in a bowl game. Um, tough break. Let's go Air Force. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, good for good for Signetti getting, uh, you know, getting what he needed uh, out of a job there. I, I think that um, – McLeod is going to play for James Madison. I, Supposedly, I that, but again, there's this a lot is, of time. This is part of my uh, handicap that most people uh, are on this with with Air Force and with uh, James Madison. Most of the transfers are supposed the people in the transfer portal are supposedly playing, but I I think yeah, there's a lot of time. I'm I'm skeptical, and that's part of why I'm on Air Force. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I will say it, it's worth talking about Air Force's malaise. I don't know if they had food poisoning, but they they lost. Uh, they were what eight and zero and lost uh, four straight to end the season, cost, uh, including cost two extremely winnable games against Hawaii and Army. Losing to UNLV close, running out of steam against Boise State, totally understandable. Larrier wasn't one hundred percent, but uh, but man, losing Hawaii and Army both by double digits, just a just a brutal brutal kind of. Uh, gross finish to what was a uh, poised to be, you know, Air Force's best season. Uh, they they should time. be they they are they're only themselves to blame for not being in the New Year Six. Like they yeah, that team you know, was the front runner, and I don't want to. This is this will spark a rant because obviously it cost me my Mountain West futures, cost me a Commanders and Chief Cup future. I don't really want to go down this rabbit hole of my frustrations with the Air Force November, and that's why I and you are both taking the Air Force money line of plus one twenty five via Bet MGM, and you're even going to take the spread. A lot of my thought is I think James Madison is going to lose players between now and then. But then there's also the fact yeah. that you're playing Air Force and you don't want to play service academies and bowl games. It goes badly for you. Yeah, it just isn't going to be fun. I mean, we saw Baylor last year in hell. You know, if, if a team doesn't have a lot of motivation and uh, James Madison uh, with, with the coaching change in the transfer portal might not have that. Uh, yeah, so that's going, to be, that's going to be two plays. I think um, what we should do for this is let's track uh, uh, two units – because we're both putting one for the never punt, never parlay bet stamp on the money line. And let's track one unit on the uh, air force plus two and a half. Completely that, agree. I yeah. am. I, as long as you're comfortable putting two Parker Fleming units down on this game. And in fact, I completely agree. And I will be glad to watch that in the middle afternoon of that week. It is, it is to quote producer Jacob in the comments, a three unit banger. That's I think that might be a first for us. Big, big fan. Just trying to get those W's up there. You know, I feel like it's uh, it's nice to have a little insurance as well, but I think we're going to be fine with the Air Force money line there as well. Um, all right. We, we're keeping it moving because we're here. We've got all of these. Uh, excited about that one. Excited about the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. That's going to be Georgia State and Utah State. Douglas, I think I was mentioning a game before the show where I just thought, you know, you really got to love college football to watch this game. And 
golly, this one feels like it. It's it's not even going to be a weird like snow game or anything because the dang El Nino. There's going to be less snow and less cold up here. So um, uh, up here, like I live in Boise, but up this way, you know, up in the mountains. And uh, Georgia State is. Uh, uh, well, did this open differently? This moved. It opened with Georgia um, State by one, and it is now Utah State by one. So it moved yeah. across zero. I don't really consider that anything to worry about. Um, oh, yeah. I I laugh when you – we're glad there are bowl games. We enjoy football. I laugh when you open this piece of the show by saying we're excited. I, I am struggling to find the proper excitement for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I am glad it will be on at the same time as Air Force beating James Madison because I will be more focused on Air Force beating James Madison. I really don't have many thoughts on Georgia State, Utah State, which does suggest to me it could become a live betting moment just because you're going to notice something like, oh, Oh, and I'm making up an example here. I don't know anything. Georgia State decided not to come today. Let's just go ahead and, and back Utah State with a live alt line. Like, I could see that coming. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find an angle beforehand. This is one of those where I do not want to tie any money up pregame. I don't want to be invested in this for any period of time. I don't think that's smart uh, long-term. Um, you know, not, not not only looking at and thinking about opt-outs and, and who's going to play and who's going to be healthy by that time, but – but also, I mean, Georgia State is losing so much to the transfer portal. Uh, top target here in Robert Lewis, uh, Marcus Carroll at running back, Mon- Montavious Cunningham at right tackle, uh, a couple cornerbacks, a safety. I mean, they, they're, they're kind of getting cleaned out, and good for those guys for going to get more opportunities. I think I saw Marcus Carroll's go to Missouri, dude. That's going to be awesome. Um, but uh, it's it's not like I'm going to have a lot of faith in Georgia Georgia State there, but I really am not excited about betting on a Utah State team that's 97th in EPA per play. So let's see. Let's get a little closer time. Uh, my prior would be an over, but then again, Georgia State's offense, I don't know. You might be doing some live totals might be the way to go with this, but uh, I, it's hard for me to have a play on two teams that are both this bad with no obvious motivation differential and, and with uh, some significant players out for the team I would want to bet on pregame. I am making a note of your potato bowl overthought there. I want to take a look and see if there's a trend in the last 10 years of that bowl games total. Cause as you said, the weather will be clear and that you could, you could maybe start to craft something. Uh, I will want to look at that. It would be in essence, a safer play than preemptively putting faith in Utah state, which is that's where this can be difficult because you and I are not inclined to believe in Utah state, but they're playing no. the, one B team of Georgia state. And so it, it, that's the bowl season challenge. That is why we are here to talk through each of these. And as you like to point out to me, cause I am the reformed shotgun better here. Don't have action just to have action. Yeah, that's, that's, that's extremely fair and, uh, and prudent. And yeah, even just looking at the last, the trends between these two teams, I mean, uh, Utah state went three and three, their last six skated by three teams that didn't even have a pulse. Um, and, uh, Georgia state, I mean, talk about running out of gas. Like yep. I'm not going to fault you guys for getting your butt whooped by LSU. Um, but man, what a brutal three game stretch there. Like, so the Georgia Southern game, I think they were positive net success rate or close to it, even though it was a blowout. Then they go 
James Madison, App State, LSU. Of course, they're going to run out of gas against uh, against Old Dominion. This is a team that was six and one before they absolutely just got a buzzsaw of a season there. So maybe a little bounce back, but again, the opt outs make that really really hard to uh, to see how that that that's that's something I want to tie my money up in right now. I assure you, I remember their fade because I had a Georgia State Sun Belt flyer that I was I was very optimistic about. And this is where, you know what, let's let's applaud the Sun Belt. We're going to talk about a lot of them. Our next game is another Sun Belt team. A lot of uh, the good teams had to fade in November to get an entire division of the Sun Belt to bowl eligibility. I think the Sun Belt in total had 12 teams bowl eligible. And you know what? We're here for it. We, you and I love the Sun Belt maybe more personally, absolutely more than any other football conference. And sometimes you need to have a flyer die in November to, to enjoy these, these luxuries in December. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that um, I, the, the Sun Belt is, is kind of one of those classics like this is, you know, guys, uh, especially as we see in the transfer portal, guys are like, hey, I can ball out and then go get paid and move up a level. And like the Sunbelt can sustainably, you know, sustainably maintain that. I, th- I think that's going to be really, really fun to continue to watch because there are legitimate dudes in this conference. There's not there's not 11 dudes on every team. There's not five dudes on every team, but there's a couple dudes here and there that that really make it worth watching uh, for, for sure. And one of those dudes who I don't know, I just pulled up Twitter to see if there is a spot for him. I don't know that he's committed anywhere. South Alabama receiver Colin Lacey is one of those dudes who's in the transfer portal who's going to land somewhere nice. I may be missing it. I don't see any update on, on the webs. But he is a piece of South Alabama that has opted out of the, what is it called now, the 68 Ventures Bowl. Formerly, if, if folks were confused by that name, it was the Lending Tree Bowl. Uh, it's down in Mobile, Alabama, and that's where we have South Alabama and Eastern Michigan. South Alabama is a hefty 15-and-a-half-point favorite despite losing such a receiver, despite losing uh, a running back. And then there's Eastern Michigan, which just had a, had a disappointing season. So you can understand South Alabama being a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, um, well, and uh, honestly, you're talking about Chris Creighton and a double-digit dog here. Are, my spider senses are tingling. My... But then you're talking about a MAC team in a bowl game. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted on this one because I think there's an obvious difference between these two teams, even with the opt-outs here. But, uh, I, I mean, props to Eastern Michigan for, for getting bowl eligible here to win. You know, Akron and Buffalo there at the end to sneak in after a three-game losing streak. Um, I, I, I'm actually – I'm close to the line on um, the side for South Alabama, so there's not an edge for me there. But I actually think I'm interested in an under here because you're going to get two things. One, South Alabama's offensive efficiency, uh, 57th in EPA per play, 38th in points per echo, going to come down because they're losing the running back uh, who's opting out and the wide receiver. So that's going to come down. Eastern Michigan, 128th in offensive EPA per play. They are 116th in echo rate, 98th in points per echo. They are 109th in field position, 104th on early downs EPA, 92nd in third and fourth down success. I don't think we're getting a lot of points here. Um, And so I'm going to go with an under 47 on South Alabama versus Eastern Michigan here, betting that instead of taking uh, South Alabama to to beat the trend of Chris Creighton as a double-digit dog, we'll get uh, get a few points as South Alabama wins convincingly, and I don't have to worry about how many points they win by so under 47 minus 107 at bet rivers for uh for this bowl game i know that's very boring to pick an under in a bowl game but i think we're looking at uh, what might be a little bit of a uh slugfest kind of situation here well you've sparked two thoughts from me and now first let's let's uh advocate for smart betting uh folks 
you will notice the under 47 minus 107 there. Producer Jacob, could you by chance throw up the bet stamp uh, or some version of an odd screen on that game? Because you're going to see there were other options for Parker, and he intentionally took the 47 neg 107 because we shopped and we did a little bit of rough math and decided 47 compared to 47 and a half, which you'll see is available at places like BetMGM or there's even a 46 and a half available in faraway lands. You want that 47 because the odds of, of, of a push at 47 are slim. It's not 48, 49, 51, or 52. And so you're getting that better number. Neg 115 for 47 and a half or neg 107 at 47, you're getting a better, a better price at a number that is not key. And this is where we always say the easiest way to improve as a sports better is to use multiple sports books and always get the best odds. We use, as you can tell, Betstamp. Go to betstamp.app slash hit the books to help make us look good. Links should be here, there, show description, wherever. And then you'll also always hear us specify the sports book, and that's why there's a QR code in the corner of the screen way over yonder because that way you can quickly go to the book that was suggested, in this case, Bet Rivers or Sugar House. They're the same operation, and get that number as quickly as possible. This makes life easier. And then producer Jacob wants to remind me because he's more comprehensive thinking than I am when I ramble that bet stamp will also tell you which line is the best line to choose. Look at that under 47 neg 106 at bet rivers is the best line to choose. This is why such a, a tool as bet stamp makes you smarter, saves you time, makes you money in the long run. And this was a very nice example. We had a brief discussion pre-show 47 and a half or 47. And we, Rightfully concluded, it appears, according to Betstamp, that 47 is the choice. Mal Parker, my other thought here is you were taking an under in a game with a spread of 15 and a half against Chris Creighton. Boy, you're making my only note. My only note on my separate spreadsheet for this, this game was I considered a chaos play here as a nod to Chris Creighton. I might end up with a little bit of 15 and a half on Eastern Michigan here. This is kind of, it's kind of the coward's way out, right? It's kind of the way to say like, I love the Chris Creighton side, but I'm not going to tie up my money and then I'm not going to make myself have to do that. Um, it is worth noting as well, Eastern Michigan's missing starting quarterback and I think two two linemen, a couple of D linemen. So Chris Creighton uh, doesn't care. Chris Creighton will play. Chris Creighton will strap up that chin strap and get out there. He doesn't uh, need a chin <laughs> strap. He's, folks, the backstory here is uh, Eastern Michigan under Chris Creighton effectively you make money if you always bet the underdog. If Eastern Michigan is favored, fade them. If Eastern Michigan is the underdog, tail them. And that has been successful. So you make them a 15 and a half point underdog, it's even more and more tempting. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna end up on that. I don't I don't hate it. Who knows? By the by the time the bowl game hits, I might be on a little pizza money uh just to get there as as well. Um, all right, that's bowl game number uh five that we've done. We've got five left here. What's we doing on time? We're at 26 minutes, just a little over halfway through the show. We're doing great here. Let's go out to uh let's go out to Vegas in what might be um uh, an odder pairing of um name and content than uh, then maybe something even like the Utah Jazz. I, I don't know what we're doing out here. The Las Vegas Bowl is featuring Utah versus Northwestern. Uh, Utah's at minus nine, I believe, is where it opened. 42 and a half. Just um, the but tagline for the Las Vegas Bowl this year is it's football. It's down to minus seven, 41 and a half. It's still <laughs> football. I oh, don't – I the motivation – so we like to say it's an information game and it's a little bit of a psychology game, yeah, betting on college football bowls. The information here is Utah might have Bryson Barnes. Utah looks pretty well better than you would expect. I cannot gauge the motivation on this game to save 
my life. Kyle Whittingham, always want to have trust in him. David Braun, heck of a season. Big Ten coach of the year, far and yeah, away. Are, so are impressive. Are talking about the fact that Northwestern is 7-5? and five? It's, What it's, in the hell? And if you remember, let's. this is not me rubbing it in. This is me uh, underlining how much they exceeded expectations. You bet the under on Northwestern, and I applauded the bet. They went 5-2 and two to end the season? Yes. Northwestern. Absurd. Like, but are they now thinking, okay, that's enough. We made it a bowl game. We're in Vegas. I cannot figure out the motivation on this football game. Yeah. I see Utah by an even touchdown, and I'm tempted, but I don't want to, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I think um, it, I had Utah by 10 as my numbers overall, uh, a total of 44. So not not going not gonna to bet the over here. Um, but I do have Utah strongly favored. I think the big difference is like Northwestern is just kind of like, hey, we're not a total mess on either side. They're 66th in offense, 74th in defense. Utah, we're like, we're a super mess on offense, 82nd. We're third on defense, so we're going to lock it down. Just not sure the Brandon Sullivan experience is going to, uh, excuse me, not even Brendan Sullivan. He's not even playing. Ben Bryant, uh, the Ben Bryant experience is going to be uh, enough to overcome this Utah defense. It's been really, really good all season, even, even as their offense has been absolutely terrible. You may have just given me, sometimes you got to make the fun bet. And by the fun bet, I mean the really ugly, the sicko bet. I will be looking for a Northwestern no touchdowns prop going into that game. Let's let's get with Golly. Yeah. I'm sure you can find something like that. Uh, <laughs> it's not great. It's uh, uh, one of those where again, yeah, motivation, I think is the big factor here and Utah has to be disappointed with eight and four beat up the entire season uh, just in terms of like physically they, they were beat up and, and really not. Um, yeah. Not excellent. I, I just don't know that I have a strong play on this one. This could be a, you know, if Northwestern goes down and scores at the very beginning of the game, go bet the under. Um, and, and just try to get in a little bit there on the overaction, but nothing pregame that I want to tie myself up into. Uh, and then another game that is always a motivation question mark because uh, we're talking about 18 to 23-year-olds with a up to a week in Hawaii. The Hawaii Bowl is San Jose State and Coastal Carolina, and I my primary thought here is Coastal Carolina is going to be down to their third-string quarterback. And for the last three years, we as a college football gambling community have viewed Grayson McCall as arguably the most valuable player against the spread in college football. Some of that tied to Jamie Chadwell's offense, but much of it was Grayson McCall's accuracy compared to his backup quarterbacks. So if we're now slipping down to the third string quarterback, I understand why San Jose State is favored by 10 points. Yeah, and I, I honestly think the other side of the ball explains it a little bit better. Um, Coastal Carolina is 107th in defense. San Jose State's 35th. San Jose State, um, you know, running the ball super well, even at low volume. Uh, 28th in EPA per rush. Coastal Carolina is 116th in EPA rush uh, rush allowed. So I, I actually have this closer to five and a half for San Jose State, but that's not accounting for the opt-outs for the injuries. Um, Grayson McCall, shout out to getting your academics right and being able to go pursue a transfer this year. Uh, didn't work out last year, but, but should work out here. The, the big issue, I, I just kind of was like, same thing with UNLV where, um, can San Jose state get it slinging? Like can Cordero just start moving the ball? Cause that puts a defense on his heels really, really quickly. And I think coast Carolina Beth did a great job. Uh, again, another one where I said something at the beginning of the season, it was true. And then I had to update my priors. They got better as the season went on. I thought they were completely washed and seemed like they kind of clicked with the new offensive identity, but I think it's a little bit too much to overcome. 
uh, with with kind of losing the the quarterback uh, as well here. So slightly slightly kind of believe this line is pretty sharp on 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 what I think the final score is going to be. So not a not a huge edge for me here uh, at all. One game that we are going to have a play on moving on to after Christmas, December 26th. Uh, it's called the quick lane bowl and I don't like to impugn anybody who doesn't deserve it. I think a more, but I still think a more proper name would be the nobody actually wants to play in this game bowl. Uh, Minnesota Bowling Green. What are we doing here? This law, this total opened at 37 and a half. It's up to 38 and a half opened with Minnesota favored by six down to Minnesota favored by four. No one wants to be here. And these offenses are so bad, even like Minnesota losing all year. The phrase I used for Minnesota's offense was they were reaching an offensive cliff. They just had too much to replace that left after 2022. They fell off that offensive cliff and now they've lost those players. Like if you were already falling off a cliff and you've lost the guys who were like, it's just going to the, Minnesota might not have an offense for this game for all intents and purposes. And that's an offense that ranked in the eighties by your numbers on EPA per play. It has never been successful while it's defense is marginally better. And then you look at Bowling Green, it's offense is bottom 25 in the country. It's defense is perfectly average. These items, these such bad offenses and decent to only kind of bad defenses have me on the under 38 and a half. Got that at Neg 109 at Bet Rivers or Sugar House. And I I don't like betting under 38 and a half. I'm betting on a boring, painful football game, but I feel real good about under 38, 38 and a half in Detroit. Pop quiz time. Uh, out of uh, Bowling Green's offense and defense and Minnesota's offense and defense, what's the highest rated unit on the – so two questions. What's the highest rated unit out of those four, and what decile do they fit in? Uh, folks, he says he is hitting me with a pop quiz, but I may as well be taking an open note test because I have Parker's most recent Bowling Green preview directly in front of me. And the answer is Bowling Green's defense. Uh, it's in the 60s in the country, so I'm going to say it's right around the 50th percentile. With with adjustments from conference championship weekend, they are 59th uh, overall. That's the best unit on the field. Minnesota is 84th on offense, 80th on defense. That is adjusting for opponent. Uh, and Bowling Green's offense, 109th. So a lot of red on the preview when I get it out here in a few hours. But of those units, it is clear, like almost decisively, that the unit to respect is Bowling Green's defense. You, I, I let's let's hit that under 38 and a half, and maybe later on I'll feel bold and and tie up some money on Bowling Green. But that will just be a bad decision of mine. Yeah, yeah. Also, I will just say, not not my favorite uniform combination here with the the crimson and the gold and the and the orange and the brown. There's there's just a lot going on here that that, that is uh, aesthetically. Is not there is there young. an opponent where you're thinking Bowling Green? You look real good against this team. I think Bowling Green, Wyoming, if they coordinated on what they were going to wear, could actually work pretty well. <laughs> Hi, this is Never Punt, Never Parlay. We're here with analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Roving correspondent, Tim Gunn, tell us to make it work. Um, all right. The first responder bowl in Dallas moving across the country here. Um, Texas State and Rice. Rice, good season. Just want to, again, want to call them out here at the end of the season. Uh, there is a vision for what Rice football is supposed to be, and they're kind of doing it. Uh, I think that's by, a lot of fun. 
by vision do you mean always be five or it's five and seven or six and six because if you're five and seven in your rice you're still always going to go to a bowl game because you're number one or number but two they in APR haven't been going to bowls and they're six and six honest to god they earned this yes they beat Charlotte and Florida Atlantic who was injured but they earned this bowl game absolutely here at the end Texas State definitely showing us uh maybe the limits of the uh Transfer limits portal. of the transfer portal approach um, that, you know, you got some athletes. It, it, it's probably some kind of continuum. And I could think this theory out more in the cold, dead winter of the off season, but some kind of uh, pendulum here of you get athletes. And so you're better than opponents, but you can't scheme well enough. And so that you run out of steam or you get guys in and you can't scheme well enough. And then you pick up at the end. And I think you'd rather be that ladder vision of the uh, of the transfer portal where you're better towards the end of the season instead of kind of running out of steam like Texas State here. But uh, again, a tough schedule um, and, and kind of hard there. Um, really indefensible loss to, to Arkansas State. Just kind of let, you know, 77 to 31 happen there. But um, two, two good teams. This opened uh, uh, or two teams that are good in, in context of their program history. Um, which is, which is again, all you can say for some of these college football programs, Texas state, uh, opened, um, minus four as 60.5. I've got this game, uh, I think right there on the nose. I want to make sure that I've got, uh, Texas state and rice. Uh, yeah, I've got this Texas state minus five, uh, right on. This is number 91 in EPA per play, Texas state number 94 in EPA per play for rice here. One item we should note in this game, because otherwise we never will, and while he missed chunks of the season, it should be noted, quarterback Rice quarterback JT Daniels has retired. Uh, medically, the doctors made it pretty clear to him, you're done. Uh, he was, I believe, our first to play at four different schools, and so it kind of stands out in memory. Uh, did Keaton Slovis get to four? I don't know if Keaton Slovis – I think Keaton Slovis topped out at three. USC hit BYU. Hit BYU. Yep. So, uh, JT and, and to play, I'm sure people have moved around more, but but to play substantially at four schools is JT uh, Daniels, USC yeah. to Georgia to West Virginia to Rice. It is a piece of college football history to keep in mind. But he has his career has concluded. He will not. I he won't even come near pads for this game, and that it doesn't really impact the spread because he missed significant portions of the season. But it is something to note as we like to cover all of college football and not just the items that affect the spread. Shout out to the uh, trivia that I'm going to win in like 2033. The question is who played who, who played the most because the COVID year eligibility is phasing out. It's like it's done. It's not going to really happen like that again. And uh, and JT Daniels be the answer to a trivia question. It is my second favorite piece of college football trivia that we will take away from 2023. The first favorite piece being, hey, Parker, this has nothing to do with bowl games. What was the final football game broadcast on the Pac-12 network? Was it? Uh, Utah, Colorado. It was Notre Dame, Stanford. Oh my God. <laughs> Just the dumbest way to end the season. The stock ticker for Dundon Mifflin Industries is DMI. It stands for Dummies, Morons, and Idiots, because that's what you have to be to own it. <laughs> We need to, this is going to spiral. Uh, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix is our last game to discuss today. Speaking of bad investments, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix, long live the cheese it Bowl, that's what it will always be, um, is is Kansas versus UNLV. Douglas, we have, we have talked about some games being uh, hard to stomach. 
this is not going to be one. This is going to be the one that that is that is just chaotic and fun and and incredible. It started at Kansas minus eleven. The total was sixty four and a half. The total hasn't moved. I like Kansas here by about eleven. Um, I think that they are a much more complete team than uh, than UNLV. Obviously, with the with the differences there, but these are two really good offenses and two really good scheming offenses. I would be on. Kansas, were it not for the loss of Andy Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator, still think they're much better. What I'm interested here more is the total number of points. We're looking at defense number 70 and 71 versus offenses 14 and 64 here for Kansas and UNLV, respectively. Um, both teams in the top 40 of points per echo, both teams in the top 50 of quality possession rate as well. Um, I, I think that what we're going to get here is a high scoring uh, back and forth game, probably one of the more fun games of bowl season. If I had to guess, just looking at the total and the margin and calculating a quick watchability score based off that. So I'm going to go again with a total here and I'm going to take Kansas and the, uh, excuse me, I'm going to take the over for Kansas and UNLV here. Uh, that's going to be 64 and a half at that rivers. Oh, everywhere. Widely available. Uh, minus, minus 110. Uh, just just a lot of points here. I've got this at 66, and I'm generally pretty conservative on totals. And so if I'm saying we're going to get pointsy, I think we're going to get pointsy here. Uh, would not be surprised to see uh, Kansas and uh, UNLV both drop well over 30. And that is, I want to emphasize, that is in part faith in Jason Bean, uh, properly known as Kansas's backup quarterback, but he is the presumed starter. And it's it's he's always been more than your average backup quarterback. And so this will be, I, to my memory, I haven't looked this up to my memory. This is his final season of eligibility. So it could be a nice way for him to go out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Jason being again, speaking of unheralded heroes, uh, Kansas, the program I think is, is, years years behind where they are right now if they don't have jason bean to fill in the last two years and and kind of keep things going so great performance by him and frankly not his spot that he not his fault that he lost his spot at north texas to a 29 year old in austin Ani. so uh not like he was bad in his prior stop but just uh it's kind of hard to compete there and got there to kansas so i like the over in this one uh quite a, quite a bit uh so that's going to be my third fourth Fourth play, if you count both Air Force bets for me. So fourth play this week uh, uh, for me is going to be this over in the guaranteed rate bowl because, golly, I think that one starts, what, 9 o'clock Eastern time as well? Yep. Um, and that's December 26th, day after Christmas. You're, you're you're shaking off the hangover. You've eaten some leftovers. It's time to lock in and watch How the points get scored. That's going to be great. You, I'm, I'm not going to ask. Uh, I will say I just checked, and this is indeed Jason Bean's farewell. He, I did not realize, is a sixth-year veteran. Uh, yeah. And, and yes, it was three years at North Texas, three years at Kansas, and this will be his, this is, this is his end. So it would be fun to see, you know, those unheralded heroes you want to see that, that emotional side of you that we like to pretend doesn't exist. Uh, Cause Jeff Winger doesn't have a soul. This may be a moment where you're pulling for somebody to really put one forth uh, as their farewell. And that I does just give wish us it was still the cheese it bowl so that we could oh, see Jason down. Bean get get a cooler of cheese cheese maybe, poured over maybe him he'll a get a cooler here. of interest rates poured over him that could be <laughs> it i seems bad it seems decisively <laughs> not as fun as uh some cheese it's there Woof. all right that's all right that's our 10th bowl for today we're cruising 42 minutes look at us we it's like we're it's like we've been doing this all season man um we've got a, a couple of plays here uh let's do let's do a quick recap and then we can uh, get out of here and we'll be back next week with uh with another 10 bowl games 
Uh, we are this week. We began with the Birmingham Bowl. I am on Troy by an even touchdown, paying a little bit of juice at Bet Rivers. Neg one sixteen, but I'll take Troy by that even seven points. I have Air Force money line plus one twenty five. Uh, sorry, James Madison. It was a fun season. Happy your bowling. Enjoy your loss. And then I am closing with the Why are we playing the Quick Lane Bowl under of thirty eight and a half? Uh, Neg one hundred nine at Bet Rivers Sugar House. I I don't want to watch that football game. I will, but I don't know that I want to. That's going to be real. Um, yeah, like what's the with the movie where they hold it open? Um, orange, something orange. What am I talking about here? Um, my bets for this week, uh, plays for this week. I'm going to go South Alabama, Eastern Michigan, under 46 and a half. So taking an under as well. I'm going to go um, two plays here on Air Force versus James Madison. I'm going to agree with you the money line, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to take just take a W here and get Air Force plus two and a half. That's minus one of four at FanDuel. So we're going to have three units on that game. So I will for sure three get unit banger screen access. And then uh, lastly, I'm going to take Kansas and UNLV uh, under 64. I think I misspoke. Over that Eastern Michigan is under 47. Let me make sure I have that correct. Under 47, correct. Yep, perfect. Minus 106. And then, then I'm going to take over in Kansas here and I'll be 64 and a half. That's minus 110. So that was South Alabama, Eastern Michigan, under 47, Air Force plus two and a half, Air Force money line, and Kansas UNLV over 64 and a half. Whew, a lot of action there. Love it. Love bowl season. Douglas will be back next week uh with again 10 more bowl games military then, bowl you... on december 27th through the liberty bowl on december 29th there right. are that many games in just those three days love it did i do that with my thumb by doing the thumbs up did i enact what in the world is going on there do you see that I yeah that uh i was just gonna to defer to producer jacob and say look what he did and now i'm afraid to use my hands you, on screen at all you because can't I don't encourage know. me to talk with my hands That's gonna <laughs> i don't be bad know for what everyone. could happen uh, that is our show as part of hit the books, uh, and the hammer, uh, Parker, I, am I missing anything? No, I think we're good. This has been never punt comment, never parlay, do your homework, watch those trackers for opt-outs, watch the line movement. And, uh, for Douglas, uh, Douglas farmer, I'm Parker Fleming, and we'll see you next week.